Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And today we're talking about politics and romance, not just because the 2012 presidential election is well underway, but because a few months ago, a listener wrote in asking that very question of whether or not someone's political views are generally a romantic deal breaker. So before I started researching anything at all, I decided to kind of take easier route, go to Facebook (laughs) and ask listeners whether or not politics, you know, determines who you date and whether or not it's ever been a deal breaker. And I got to say, overwhelmingly, listeners, you said yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, A bunch of these people are pointing out that it doesn't matter if you're left or right or centric or whatever, as Mm -hmm. long as you have the basic core beliefs kind of in agreement. For instance, Jennifer says, I think it really makes for a better long-term relationship if both of you have the same core beliefs and values. And Sally said that I used to joke that the only person I could ever date that would make my parents disown me would be a Republican. What's more important to me is that we have similar values and morals, and it doesn't matter if we disagree slightly on the exact role of government. Yeah, Veronica has an uh, interesting perspective on it. She writes, "Uh, I grew up with parents who were very different politically, and I hated dinner conversation near election time or any time politics came up. So politics for me was a deal breaker before I got married. I was always much happier with guys I could agree with, and it was there was much less tension, and we were able to focus on other compatibility issues. Um, and then, finally, there's one from Allison. And this is pretty interesting. She says, the first questions I asked my fiancé when we met were about his political views. And Allison, just going ahead and getting politics, putting politics on the table, is pretty rare, statistically, because there was a September 2011 study published in Evolution and Human Behavior, which found that, at least in an online dating context, people are very reluctant to share their political views. Right. Um, yeah, I, I guess they maybe they don't want to be controversial or they want to try to cast a wide net, which some dating experts say you should do. Mm-hmm. You know, you should try to appeal to as many people as possible and then whittle it down. But the whole point is that eventually you do whittle it down. Yeah. So the study um, says that singles are more likely to admit being overweight than to say they're liberal or conservative. And they looked at nearly 3,000 randomly selected profiles and found that only 14% of online daters included political interests in their profile under their whole, like, interest topic. And I thought it was funny that it ranked 23rd out of 27 categories, just below video games and above business networking and book clubs. Yeah. (laughs) What do people have against book clubs? Well, and the thing is, too, even when people decided to express some kind of political view... Few were willing to admit any kind of preference um, of those of that 14 percent that included a political interest in their profile. Fifty seven percent, more than half of them said that they were middle of the road. So eh, that gives that really doesn't even <laughs> offer any more 
any more information. Well, I think there's there also might be a tendency to be like, well, I'm not political. I'm not interested in politics mm-hmm. because I, I've said this before. I've told people like, you know, I'm just really not political. I don't I'm not interested in debating it. But regardless, you do have core beliefs right. and leanings and tendencies to go one way or the other as far as some some big issues, even if you don't count yourself as necessarily Republican, Democrat, whatever. And considering how polarized the political landscape has become, especially in the U.S., you know, there might be kind of a, a fear of saying, hey, well, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican or I'm a Libertarian, whatever, and immediately triggering all of these associations, you know, one way, extremely conservative or extremely liberal, um, that I think is now a byproduct of all the polarization that's gone on. Um, and just for a touch of gendered information, women a little bit less likely to report being interested in politics. They were 8% less likely than men in that study. I wonder if they were more interested in book clubs. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> or business networking. Um, but yeah, they, they found through this study that, you know, people really do desire compatibility, which makes sense. I mean, yeah, they say that opposites attract and everything, but when it comes right down to it, you want someone who's going to see eye to eye with you. you. You don't want to be arguing about issues all the time. And they looked at how some of these people ended up together and found that people were making long-term choices, maybe based on completely non-political characteristics that actually end up correlating with political leanings. And one of the examples they gave was religion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even though we might not intentionally set out as we're filling out an online dating profile or chatting up people, you know, day to day, we might not be looking specifically for someone who has XYZ political affiliations. But the study co-author Casey Klofsted said, quote, political preferences become a critical foundation of lasting relationships, despite the fact that many Americans are not even interested in politics, which is kind of interesting. Well, I I think that's kind of along the lines of what I just said, that, you know, I'm not a very political person, Mm -hmm. but if you don't agree with me on certain issues, then... I might have trouble kind of dating you for a long time. Right. You might not want to go like stumping door to door on a date. Yeah. You know, but. And, and these issues do become very important. Uh, a May 2011 study from a group of Rice University and University of Nebraska researchers found that political alignment may be even more important than personality or appearance. They looked at more than 5,000 married couples in the U.S. and found that we completely sort our entire lives according to political leanings, whether we mean to or not, we tend to choose where we work, where we live, and who we marry based on these sort of, as Klofstad said, these critical foundation issues. This was a widely publicized study called The Politics of Mate Choice, which confirmed that when it comes to long-term romance, birds of a feather flock together. It's Mm -hmm. not so much the opposites attract, and um, they found evidence supporting people pairing up based around the idea of assortative mating, which is what you were talking about, Caroline, where you kind of choose where you work, live, who you married, based around similarities to yourself and your socioeconomic background, your educational background. Yeah, and it's it's funny that uh, because actually my uh, my man friend asked me mm-hmm. when I was reading information for this. He's like, well, do couples eventually grow to have the same beliefs? Like, if you start out a little different, you know, maybe does one person see the light 
so to speak. And yeah, this study completely blew that out of the water because it said that uh, there is little interspousal persuasion. In other words, partners don't adapt to each other's ideologies over time. And actually, marriage tends to reinforce ongoing ideological polarization because the parents end up passing those beliefs on to kids. And they said that the kids might even be more strongly oriented one way or the other as far as politics go. Because if both parents are democratic, for for instance, then the kid might be even more liberal because it's just being reinforced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they examine different, not only political leanings, but also their stances on all sorts of social issues such as gay marriage, um, church attendance, alcohol consumption, and then also looked at a variety of personality traits. And they found that so consistently couples tend to see eye to eye politically because um, generally we will share social attitudes with a significant other more so then we might share personality traits, which I found pretty compelling. So a social butterfly Republican is still more likely to team up with like a bookworm wallflower Republican than <laughs> a social butterfly Democrat. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, another study that, that sort of backed up all this life sorting business uh, was the, earlier this year, January 2012, from Yale and Stanford researchers. And they also looked at political sorting on dating sites and found that these preferences definitely preceded the relationship rather than following it. So it's not like two people who were apathetic to politics were suddenly like, oh, let's get involved, or that two different people got together and one went the other way. Right. Um, And they found that men are more likely to message women who share the same political identity and positions on economic and social issues and the level of political and social engagement. And from my experience with online dating, I've only played around with OkCupid, and they have all of these questions. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can answer thousands of questions on the site if you really want to. And it's a way to, I guess, enhance your profile and match you up um, more with people. And I paid attention to that, you know, and answered the more social and political questions as well Mm -hmm. as a way of whittling down that field. Exactly. And it's funny when you get messages. I was also on OkCupid at one time. Uh, But it is funny when you get messages from people who clearly didn't read your profile. Right. Clearly, maybe didn't even go on it. Maybe just looked at your picture and sent you a message. I actually uh, got a message from a man who is in seminary school. Well, that's interesting, but, though. But that makes sense because in that uh, that study, the politics of mate choice, they found that not only political affiliation, but also church attendance, mm-hmm. like the second biggest factor in terms of uh, what, how couples share behaviors. Right. He did not know that I did not attend church. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. So it didn't work out. But you seeing that uh, trait from this guy, the fact that he was in seminary, was you reinforcing sorting in your replying behavior, in the words of these Yale and Stanford researchers. Booyah. Yeah. And again, to use my embarrassing online dating story to illustrate a point, <laughs> uh, Liz Baranowski in 2008 wrote a column for Your Tango, and she basically points out that there are very there are two issues that we're dealing with here, and those are experiencing differences in relationships and handling them, how we handle those issues that come up between us and our significant others. And she says that politics can highlight fundamental differences or similarities in values and character and how those issues are handled can either make or break a relationship. And something I saw pointed out a lot is that when you're in a relationship, not just about politics or religion or anything, you can have disagreements and differences of opinion, but as long as you're respectful 
Right. And it's the same in friendship. As long as you're respectful of the other person's beliefs and you're willing to listen and maybe respectfully disagree, then your your success rate will probably be a lot higher than people who are maybe a little more fired up. Right, because we're not trying to say that all of this information means that if you don't date someone who, you know, shares exactly the same political beliefs that you do, then you are doomed for failure. Because, I mean, you have couples like James Carville and Mary Madeline. Um, it, you know, one's a Democratic commentator, one's a Republican commentator. And they have been together and married for a long time and seem very happy. But it seems like when they've been interviewed about how they make that marriage work, it's a lot of compatibility and talking and maintaining the relationship in the same way that, that you would any other kind of relationship. Right. I like what they told CNN. They said that uh, their marriage is a momarchy. <laughs> and uh, Carville gave three. Carville is the Democrat, just in case you don't know who they are. Uh, Carville said that his three ingredients to a successful marriage are surrender, capitulation, and retreat. His wife, the Republican's response is, spoken like a true liberal. What a martyr. Faith, family, and good wine. That's how we do it. I love it. Yeah, um, and that kind of reflects what uh, Carrie Patterson, who's the co-author of Crucial Conversations, said. Um, she said, the amount of disagreement does not affect your satisfaction within a relationship. Rather, it's how you disagree that predicts your satisfaction. And I've heard that from other mm-hmm. relationship advice columnists and experts as well in terms of you know disagreeing or fighting about something is not a sign of, you know, that you're doomed for failure, but rather how you handle it. Can you talk something out? Can Mm -hmm. you respect each other afterwards? Um, Can you go to the polls and one, you know, person vote for Mitt Romney and the other person knowingly vote for Barack Obama and still be able to eat dinner the next night (laughs) together? (laughs) I know. Is it too stressful? Well, they, Baranowski says that finding how your significant other handles hot topics Early in the relationship can help you gauge the potential success of your relationship. So really, whether you're fighting over politics or where to eat dinner, mm-hmm. if you're if your partner's a little more hot headed, and maybe you guys just can't see eye to eye on anything, maybe politics is really the least of your worries. Right. But if you are on a first date, say, and you want to know whether or not someone is more liberal or more conservative, but you don't want to bring politics directly to the table. You don't want to ruin the mood, which if it's a first date, it's probably just anxiety ridden already. <laughs> um, OK Trends, which is the uh, the blog from OK Cupid, which is a great blog. I highly recommend it. They do a lot of fun things with their enormous data set that they have. Um, they published a post on the best questions for a first date. And they suggest if you want to know whether you and your date have the same politics, this is the question that you can ask. No Obama or Romney required. Do you prefer the people in your life to be simple or complex? I'll go ahead. Let's pretend we're on a first date. Oh, okay. Oh, well, uh, oh, this, this linguine is great, mm-hmm. Caroline. Uh, I know this is a random question, but do you prefer the people in your life to be simple or complex? I like multi- multifaceted individuals. Mm, so a little more complex. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, Caroline, <laughs> that means that there's a two to one chance that you are liberal. People who answer simple, two to one chance that they are conservative. And that is based on OKCupid's data set. And they pointed out that since it's a nationwide data set, there's a little bit of grain of salt to be taken with it. Because Mm -hmm. if you are in a more liberal leaning or conservative leaning geographic area, then, you know, things might get a little more 
complicated. Right. But overall, you know, you can roll the dice and complex, a little more liberal, simple, a little more conservative. Interesting. So that's what, that's one way to do it. Or you can just be like Allison, our listener over on Facebook and just <laughs> outright ask. Right yeah. Well, you know, there was uh, a dating expert. What's her name? Uh, Lori Davis, who said that you definitely should not ask. Yeah. On the first date or even the first three dates. She says leave something that complicated to the fourth date because you don't want to limit your dating pool by talking politics early on, which is ridiculous. What does it matter? I mean, yeah, sure. You don't want to get all up in somebody's face mm-hmm. and start, you know, berating them for their beliefs. But you should absolutely be open and honest if you want to ask the question. I mean, right. Although, I mean, Emily Post would agree with that. Her three rules for the first date, no politics, no religion, no money. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You want to avoid awkwardness. As you said, it's already an anxiety ridden situation. But yeah, I I feel like whatever. Just take your first date at your own pace. Yeah. Be open. Be open. Be honest. Grill them. Be young. Be foolish. Be happy. (laughs) Um, so that's what the data says. I'll be interested to hear from listeners. Um, Caroline, have you really quickly, have mm-hmm. you, do you tend to date people who share your political leanings? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also tend to not, and not that I've gone out of my way to do this, but I, I also tend to date other people who feel similarly almost apathetic. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't care about what's going on in our country, and it's not that I don't have very passionate opinions on certain issues, but I just hate politics. Yeah. So I tend to gravitate towards other people who lean kind of in my direction. See, I can be a bit of a political junkie, and my longest-term relationships, it's definitely been eye-to-eye, but I think it's because I like to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I listen to, you know... Uh, political campaign stuff way too much. Actually, <laughs> I don't. I don't need to know this much. Well, about. see, then you're you're completely different from my mother, who really has no opinions and voted for Clinton back in the day because she thought he was cute. <laughs> well, that's one way to go about it. <laughs> well, that's all we have. Uh, Want to know from you guys? Are politics a dating deal breaker, especially since it's presidential election time? Mm-hmm. I mean, it could easily come up, and if someone, you know might say the wrong thing are you gonna head out or eh who cares politics is politics let us know momstuff at discovery.com is where you can send your letters and we got a couple of emails to share in the meantime one from a female archaeologist yes we do this is from Carrie she said I graduated college in 2010 and began full time work at a consulting firm shortly after as an archaeologist I work for a large company out of an office in the Pacific Northwest. In my office, our whole team is female. In my experience so far, there are just as many women as men in the field, if not more. Also, I am glad you did this podcast because, one, most people have no idea what archaeology is. Two, Indiana Jones is a poor representation of what we do. <laughs> she, she says, no bull whips are ripping hearts out. And I say, what? Uh, she said, three... Dinosaurs are for paleontologists. You ladies didn't make this mistake, but it is common. My work involves office work and field work about 25 to 40% of the time. I think women in archaeology work harder than men because of the stereotypes that women are not as accustomed to physical work and the outdoors. I love my job and know many female archaeologists who do as well. We work hard and we love it. Thank you, Carrie. And I've got one here from Anne, and this is in response to our episode a while back on nail polish. She writes... 
My husband has been painting his toenails since he was 16 when he was spending his summer lifeguarding. Since moving to our current location, he's become a high school track coach and continues to paint his toes. This has become a running joke with the students who like to ask me how I feel about it. Last year at the state track meet, the whole team, boys and girls, painted their toenails together the day before the meet. I love the pictures of all the kids' and coaches' feet lined up and full of school spirit. Many of these same kids are huge Harry Potter fans, and my husband and I ran into them at the final movie midnight premiere. They all, boys and girls, promptly peeled off their shoes and socks to show off their colored nails. They were striped and polka dotted and quite wonderfully artistic. I don't think any of these boys would have been comfortable painting their toes had it not been for my husband. He is gearing up to take another group to state meet, and the students have already planned on who is bringing the nail polish. So thank you, Anne, and to everyone else who's written in, mom stuff, at discovery.com is our email address, and you can also find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast, and you can read a whole bunch of election coverage over at our website, it's HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?